The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. When life hands you a unique shift, what happens next? The gift is the shift. Welcome to The Sky's the Limit with your host, Karen Levitt. In our program, you will hear from people who have discovered the gift, whether through personal experience or those that are helping others through this experience. You'll find the next hour to be a motivating and encouraging one. Now, here is Karen Levitt. Hi, good evening, everybody. I'm thrilled to be back on the network. It's been a little while, and it is such an honor and privilege to be here. And I'm filled with joy and gratitude. I am just so happy. And tonight is the launch of the Sky Smooth again. I come back. I'm honored to be joined with Irene Tompkinson. Irene is a master social worker for years of experience counseling people with trauma. And I had the pleasure to be aligned with her. I would like to introduce Irene. Hi, Karen. Hi, everyone. It is my honor to be here with you. I'm so proud of what you've accomplished and that we're launching this fabulous new show that's going to be such a wonderful resource for so many people. The way Karen and I have decided to do it tonight is I'm going to be interviewing her, introducing you all to her and what she wants to do with this show, and then she's going to take it over. So, Karen... Tell everyone about um, where you've been since you've last been on the radio and what's been going on with you. Thank you, Irene. Uh, Well, I was working as a nurse and busy living life like everybody is these days. I was um, a runner, equestrian rider, married with stepchildren, and I was involved in a car accident that was nearly fatal. And diagnosed with a very nasty concussion, and from there it got worse. I didn't get better. I got worse. I didn't um, recognize myself. Friends, family didn't really recognize me. Words were not coming to me. Very disjointed. It was very ugly. The physical injuries began to heal, and um, my walk was not a pretty one. I would look in the mirror and I would recognize myself, but I wasn't at all Karen. She was lost in the shuffle and my world was like I was stuck in a fun house or on a merry-go-round. Um, my vision was very obscure it wasn't clear. I couldn't see. I couldn't read. I was dizzy. Uh, massive headaches every day. They still continue, by the way. My speech, my words, they were not coming together. Like I said, it was almost as if I had a stroke and life was a living hell, actually. 
What's amazing to hear you say this, Karen, is that I'm sitting here looking at you, and just like your picture on the promo pages, um, you're still beautiful, no scars, no marks, so I know that what you keep hearing from people is, but Karen, you look so good. You look fabulous. And what's that like for you, Karen? Well, you know, I'm grateful that I didn't lose a body part. An arm, a leg, you know, or anything. And I, I did go through the dashboard on the left-hand side of my vehicle. Um, it was very traumatic. So, yeah, to hear someone say, but you look good, actually is a trigger because I lost my filter. I um, hit my forehead so hard that I obliterated the filter in my frontal lobe, which is not uncommon with anybody who has a traumatic brain injury. And uh, to hear, but you look good, which is a compliment, and someone says that when they want to be kind, was anything but it was um, like throwing a match on onto a campfire and letting it, letting it go. Because even though you look the same to everyone around you, when you begin to speak, it sounds different. You sound different than you used to sound. And the way that you can function now is very, very different than you were able to function before. You were um, uh, a head nurse in a cardiac unit working at a very high level. You were a marathon runner. You were a horseback rider. You were an incredible athlete. Obviously, to be a head nurse in a cardiac unit, you had to do much math, and that's what you talk to me sometimes about today, that the numbers are hard for you. What's amazing is how you know what's hard for you, and you keep trying to go to those files, and you can't find those files, or they get kind of confused. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So it's sort of like I like to describe that um, the main cable to the computer is torn and the signal searches, and sometimes it's good. And you never know when there's going to be a disconnect or a break. And it was painful to learn that the area of my brain that's connected with numbers, the parietal lobe that connects numbers, was so severely damaged. Um, I can't do two-digit subtraction now without difficulty. And it's very upsetting because... My accident, I was wide awake through the whole thing. I watched it. I I lived through it wide awake, eyes wide open. And I recall every moment because my brain somehow knew that I was in um, a traumatic situation where I could die. So my brain burned everything in. And I remember the Karen who was at work and to be tested over and over and over and to realize the areas of my brain that no longer function, that have torn, is distressful because, like I said, I, I can remember. I remember who I was, what I did. I also have memory lapse um, through my childhood of growing up, so that's painful. I don't recall years. There's gaps that are gone. So that's how that goes. Karen, you've talked to many other um, survivors 
tell us about what they say about what goes on with them. Are they able to relate to you and your experiences? Are they similar to what others have gone through or are going through? Well, we we coin it, we're welcome to the family. Uh, if you have a traumatic brain injury, which is referred to as a TBI, yeah, you're, you're a TBI survivor, which was really, um, for me, was hard. I've always been a caregiver, health care provider. I, you know, took care of friends, family. So that's how I would identify. And to actually say, to have the courage and strength to have that come out of my mouth, that I was a TBI survivor was, was huge and very impactful because I realized a part of me had died. So it's funny, souls recognize souls. So when I would meet other survivors, there was an instant bond. We're like a band of brothers. We, we, our story changes. It's very, brain injury, it's very, um, what's the word? It, it doesn't discriminate. It, it doesn't. It, it doesn't matter if you're young, if you're old, if you're male, if you're female. What you're doing, if you're athletic or not, you can have a traumatic brain injury if you're playing a sport. You can fall on a curb, slip, hit your head, and have a traumatic brain injury. It it, it knows no boundaries, no limits. It doesn't discriminate. Uh, from what I'm learning, concussions occur at a rate of nine seconds daily. Everyone has one, and traumatic brain injury. And I believe it's in Canada, these stats come, uh, every 23 seconds someone is diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury. So that's incredible. And when we meet um, face-to-face, you know, our experience is is very different. What what we've gone through to achieve the, or receive the diagnosis code that matches, that connects us all, the experience is, is very different, but in that there's a strong commonality. We we learn to adapt to fit into the modern world because you have to. Often it's about survival, and it's amazing. You you have this innate intelligence that guides you to relearn from the very basic things because you have to be able to fit into the world. People don't understand because they don't see it. It's an invisible injury. An invisible injury that affects every single part of your existence because the brain obviously not only controls um, your inward world, like all of your organs and how you physically are in the world, but then obviously how you are in the external world. Can you talk to us about how that has dramatically changed? So you'd like to know about the internal and the external. So for me, I'm... I'm going to get a little personal here. So for me, I, I look good, at, and thank, and I'm really grateful. Like I said, God, Holy Spirit, whatever or whatever your belief is, I was spared, and um, I'm grateful. So the internal workings for me, it, it, it's um, it's the phrase TBI hell over and over, and that's it, really prevalent. So what happens for me is my adrenal glands will kick in. I am in a constant state of flight whenever my body feels or expresses a state of stress. And it's not like my adrenal glands send me a message or a kind. And they say, oh, we're, we're going to kick in right now. Excuse me. We're, we're a little over, overwhelmed. Um, I don't get that. What I get is this awful feeling of my body shutting down. I could be 
trying to watch TV, which is painful because it's bright, loud, fast. I can be trying to listen to a book on tape. I can't really read well because my eyes don't track. That's a whole story in and of itself because I look good. So the adrenal glands kick in. They get get overloaded. They start to throw cortisol through my body. And then I feel like I've eaten rock soup. I don't rest and digest. And my body physically shuts down and my pain level, which is on a 1 to 10 scale, which is probably an 8. And I've adapted to pain because I've always been an athlete and I've had a high pain tolerance. Pain level goes easily to 10. And it, it can last for several days. And that's just the tip. That's just the beginning for me because my internal body shuts down. Having watched you and been with you as you've prepared to put this show on the air and as we've uh, worked on your book, um, I really have a lot of respect for what you've had to um, endure. And I know that you've met many, many people that you've interviewed that are going to be coming on the show. I know a part of your hope for this show is that it becomes a support for other TBI um, survivors um, and also a, a great resource an opportunity for people who are involved in um, healing and helping and facilitating change and growth for TBI survivors. Um, this will be a platform for them. I want to speak about some of the people that you've been meeting that's so exciting to hear, who have you relate to how much courage they have also. Wow, okay, that that's a big one. So I'm going to thank you, and yes, thank you. So, what what I what I want to start or where I want to start is really funny. So, I have an injury, traumatic brain injury, and what's funny is it happened or not funny, if you will, it happened January 2013. So, run several Boston marathons. Boston's near and dear to my heart, and I volunteered for the Boston Athletic Association at the starting line and along the course at various years I'm at water tables. And Boston 2013, I was scheduled to be a volunteer in the medical tent as a nurse and other friends from my running club who were not running. We were going to meet near where the infamous backpack bomb bomb was left. And I was not there that day because my physical injuries from the accident that I had didn't allow me to. I, I, I could not move. So I have a very strong connection with Boston and with Boston Strong, to watch that on TV was unbearable. I, could, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was hard enough to watch the marathon in and of itself because my soul really wanted to be there, although I was grateful in some respects also to be on my couch and be able to watch it. And when it all unfolded, it was extremely traumatic um, because I had like PTSD sim- symptoms, so I had to shut that off, and I couldn't believe it. My phone blew up because people were wondering if I was there. They were checking on me to make sure I was okay. And I began to think that my accident, the the near-fatal car accident that was in January, actually may have spared me from something much worse. And I watched the media coverage around Boston Strong and all that surrounded that. And I saw others with other spirits, other souls, with resilience and grace, and they stood up, and they were proud. And, yes, they lost limbs, and other people, other survivors, we share similar symptoms. It's amazing. So I have this bond with this group of people that I haven't met that I was supposed to be there with, 
and yet we're aligned on on a path. We'll we'll be forever connected. So Boston holds this very strong place in my heart as an athlete and living in New England and just loving the marathon and all that it stands for. So I've invited several of the marathon drivers to come on, and I know that they're all busy, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm patiently waiting and knowing that when it's right and perfect, they'll join me. I will be honored to have uh, other TBI survivors who are guest speakers and uh, writers uh, from the New England area who are athletes as well. I have a gentleman coming on who is in Florida who has traumatic brain injury. He will be he is training and running for the Paralympics in 2016, despite what his doctors say. And um, just a wide range of other amazing people. And especially the, the Wounded Warriors have really uh, connected with them in a very strong way. And I, I'm so honored because when this first happened, has a caregiver has a nurse and an athlete and having stepchildren who play sports and hockey especially, my first thought was, if I'm able to write a book, and they tell everybody in neurorehab to write a book, and I'm not able to write a book because I have dyslexia, so my hands don't work on a computer. I, it's like I have G.I. Joe plausible hands. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah, so if anybody who remembers a G.I. Joe with a plausible hand, you'll get that. So, yeah. And thank goodness we have the technology that allows me to speak to my iPad so it can type. So thank God there's an app for that because I would be nowhere without it. And that allows me now to write my book. My book is going to be my story unfolded and what that will do in addition to this program as we highlight amazing people of all walks with all different stories. And you'll see, and I'm grateful for each and every one listening tonight, the book is going to serve to educate and empower because I feel that young adults in school need a voice. They have a concussion protocol, and it's great, but there's so much they don't know about this. And I've learned it through my own experience as a medical provider who's then navigated the system as a patient who advocating for herself. And I was blessed because I had doctors who knew me so well that they knew that there was something wrong when they would look at me um, as they really, really spent time. So the book is going to be for coaches, parents, teachers, and anyone who might know anybody who's had a concussion, several concussions, and or traumatic brain injury. Uh, that'll be my platform. I wish to speak to groups to enlighten, encourage, empower, inspire. Because there's a lot to be said about this. Emotionally, what has it been like emotionally for you? I'm, obviously, it's been a roller coaster. It's been a trip to the amusement park. It's um been a roll. It's it's been on a roller coaster. I feel like I've been stuck on. Um, What's the one at Disney World that I can't? Uh, Space, Space Mountain. Mountain. Thank you, Space Mountain. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm locked in on a seat to Space Mountain, and I and nobody will let me off. Nobody will. Nope, you just keep going around. Or I'm in the fun house full of mirrors, and the floors are uneven, and they keep walking into walls. Actually, that was my reality until I was able to find an eye doctor who 
was able to prove that my vision was off due to my injury. She looked in my eyes within 10 minutes and was able to tell because I would fall all the time. I would fall to the left. I would walk into the walls. I would fall up the stairs. It was painful. Um, yeah, it it was no joke. It was TBI hell, and it got worse because, like I said, as the physical injuries healed, I came back looking like the Karen everybody would look at, like you, people, my friends, family would be like, well, what's wrong with you? And it was infuriating because I wanted to wear a Band-Aid on my forehead that I could lift up my bangs and say, I, I have an injury. But the world the world doesn't see that, so they don't understand. And it's very frustrating. And like I said, it, it just, it's all too much. It, yeah, it's not really an amusement ride. It's probably the, the ride through TBI hell, I would, I would say. And, you know, it's it's being trapped on a roller coaster, trapped in a tilter world, trapped. On a, on, oftentimes I refer to a merry-go-round when, when I really couldn't see and I was having trouble and I was dizzy a lot of the time and having light sensitivity. Um, the image of a merry-go-round spinning and they, or, um, yeah, like when, when you're in the park when you're a child and you just can't, you, you just can't wait for it to stop because you're dizzy. That that was me all the time. So hopefully that is good. Has it changed? Has it, has it, um, does it go through worse times or easier times? Do you have, do you have times where you don't, you're not that uncomfortable? It's never really gone away. I think your body is amazing and it adapts. It, I'm more aware, and after a long run of neuro rehab um, and learning how to cope with, which usually includes wearing dark sunglasses, whether the sun is out or not, because my eyes don't accommodate me more to light, which is interesting. So now I just look like Bono and wear glasses, and I carry earplugs with me. That was really eye-opening to um, understand and really learn that earplugs would become a staple in my day-to-day life and that I should carry them with me. And, you know, we tried other little tidbits from therapy to to block sound. Um, And the first daunting task that they said was like, we're going to take you to the grocery store and we want you to see how how well you do. And I was like, okay, because how many of you all go to the grocery store, right? We, you've got your cell phone, the kids, you've got your your list of things to do, and on and on. So this, so this is when you were in rehab? Is that what you're explaining? Right. So part of, part of rehab was, you know, they wanted to see how long... You know, I, I love them all, but it was it was actually a bit of torture, the sort of love-hate relationship. So part of this was, well, part of my assignment was um, go to the grocery store, like I said, and let's see how you do. It's, it's bright. The displays are tall. People move fast. You've got carts. You've got those little baskets. You've got children, who I, who I actually love children, but it was like, and when I, when I saw a small child, I would instantly panic internally. It was like, oh, God, I got to go. And my balance is off anyways because of the accident, like I said, because I went through the dashboard on the left. So, so I, the little basket wasn't, wasn't something I could do. So they said, well, take the cart, push the cart for balance. Okay, well, bright fluorescent lights, music, people coming at you, moving quickly, list, lists and cell phones, and the whole myriad, and then the Isle of Candy with kids. It was just, 
a recipe for a disaster, and they wanted to see how I would do and how long did it take before I was fatigued. I think I had to get two items that I could lift because I'm still not able to lift real well. I can lift maybe a pound, and I, you know, it doesn't work. Well. Twisting and bending is not something that I do well anymore, which is painful because as a nurse, you twist, lift, and bend all the time. It, like, it's, it's just instinctual, something you do. So, um, yeah, to spend 10 minutes the end of the week on a Thursday in the afternoon at the grocery store and to be timed and to be monitored and to see I look like a cat going to the vet trying to be put in a pet carrier. It was like, get me out of this store. I, I really, I feel like the Jetsons get me off this crazy thing, Jane. So I can hear you, and, and I've, heard, I've heard these um, examples over the weeks that we've worked together, and I realize it's just amazing how you have to completely learn yourself to be, identify yourself as a whole different person. I mean, your inside doesn't work the way it used to work. The way you are in the world is very different. So I get how difficult that has been for you. I mean, as much as somebody on the outside can get it. How has it been for your family and your friends? Oh, well, I love all of them. And you quickly learn with this diagnosis that it's a world of isolation. I heard that early on, and I didn't understand because I was grateful. I had um, friends and family who were bringing me to appointments. And I was grateful for the help because I wasn't able to drive at all. So friends and family, like, grateful for them. Yeah, it's a world of isolation, and we can probably pick that up. When we, when we come back, it looks like we're going to be going to a break. So I'll be happy to get into this a little bit more when we return. I hope you all stay, stay with us. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you're looking for tips for personal success, look no further than DJ and the Bear, keeping you at the top of your game with your hosts, leadership and personal effectiveness consultant, Deetta Jones and Richard Dent, formerly of the champion Chicago Bears. Together as a husband and wife team, they've raised a family, owned two successful businesses, led major philanthropic initiatives through their foundation, and lived the ultimate lifestyle. Find out their secrets. Listen every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Our world is shrinking. We get information across the planet as fast and as easily as across the street. Lately, it seems as if none of it is good. The world has become so addicted to negativity, fear, drama, and our kids are learning fast. Are you worried about your teen? Do you know where they are, who they're with, and what they're really up to? Power of Peace Radio tackles real issues that are changing the minds of the next generation. Get involved in the conversation on Monday evenings with Kit Cummings. Pop Radio is about interrupting and redirecting those who are on a dangerous course and bringing light into dark places with powerful topics and real stories. We bring hope to those who need it most because hope is the new dope. Power of Peace Radio, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. 
us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag the gift is the shift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. And I'm going to pick up where we were before we went to break. So Irene had asked me what it was like for friends and family. And, you know, like I said, I have a big family, and they love me, and they just, they they want to continue to love me, and there was a huge disconnect, because they looked like the Karen that everybody knew, and it was daunting to go to a family event. I couldn't handle it, and that happened pretty early on. We, we had an, a gathering in our family, and... I, I, you know, went. It was required. It was. I mean, I would would not miss it, and I, I just was not able to be there. It was too loud. I am not able to handle cross conversation in a room because of the areas of my brain that were torn, and it makes it literally makes me spin. So it, it was it was awful. I want wanted to just run out of the room, and. It, it's hard for people because they, they just can't see it and you try to explain it and they don't get it. And how that relates is for me, I grew up in a big family, we're Irish, Italian, and I'm very, I'm very um, gregarious and effervescent, they would say. And the, my, the door to my house is always open. I've taken after my family. The door to my house is always open and always happy to have a crowd. And it didn't matter and same goes for my stepchildren. They were always, their friends are always welcome. You know, of course, they're rules, but, you know, yeah, the door was always open, and the more the merrier, and I love to cook and entertain, and if people gather in the kitchen, and it was great, there was lots of conversation and music playing, and that was not uncommon at all, and this is uh, a, a drastic uh, turn, if you will, it just, and, and people just don't understand it, because well, why? But you look good. Well, why can't you stay? Well, well, why? And so the holidays are torture. Um, I actually presented them all with a letter that my therapist wrote for me in neuro rehab that explained and that if I needed a quiet room to go to, that somebody would would have one ready for me so that I could go and just rest with not like a hundred questions or a hundred people looking at me saying what's wrong, or that. Um, if food was being served in the buffet line, that I may go last due to balance issues because I was afraid I would fall. And with small children in the room, who I love, but small children then became um, a moving target that I had to navigate. It was like living in um, a video game. It, it, you know, it, it was just torture to walk into a room, navigate around furniture, everybody talking, and have um, a small child walk by or say something to me would just put me into a tailspin. 
It's just been such a gift for me, Karen, to um, be with you and to learn from you. It's opened my eyes so much, you know, when you talk about, like, small children running around and we all take that so for granted. You know, maybe if somebody's elderly, we notice, you know, and we tell the kids, you know, don't trip grandpa, don't trip grandma or whatever. But when somebody, like we keep saying, it looks as strong and as fit as you look, it just becomes so strange, so strange for us to see the people we love differently, the people we know differently. As you're talking, I'm thinking about all of the veterans who have come back. With some, Can you talk to what you know about the veterans? Sure. Like I said, well, you know, this whole thing, the whole diagnosis, the whole piece of the pie is... It's a lonely walk, first of all, like I said, because people don't understand. And I suppose if they hear that you're in the military, then you're sort of given a little bit of lenience because they understand. If if I was a nurse in the branch of a military, then that meant I probably was in an area where there was war in a, med- in a medical unit. So people, I think, are, are more understanding of that. But truth is, you know, we walk a very similar walk. Um, it is what it is. It's not pretty. It's not kind. Like I said, it doesn't differentiate. And it's funny. No two people are exactly the same. Um, we share a lot of the same symptoms, and some may linger. Some may some may linger. Some may go. Um, for someone else, something else may be a real trigger. Like like for instance, my my eyes bother me so. My eyes don't track and to wear glasses with prisms. Uh, the real eye-opener, they're thin and they look much better than they used to as referred to the glasses with uh, to wear glasses that even lighten and darken so that I can go outside because my eyes don't accommodate is amazing. And like I said, once again, it's, it's just a world of disconnect. So as you begin to learn about yourself because... The brain is the slowest healing organ in the body. They don't know how long it will take. They give you a time frame. And often they, they don't know if the area, if you're going to rebuild new areas, new neural pathways in your brain or not. Um, you, you adapt pretty readily and you, you become, like I said, very close-knit with the group, the TBI survivors, because there's an inherent love and understanding. So the wounded warriors are very special. I grew up in a military family. And, yeah, so just to connect with them is just a gift. I mean, they these men and women give it all, give it their all to keep us all safe so that we can have exactly what we have. And then they come back. And they often have an invisible injury. And like I said, it's not pretty, it's not kind. And it doesn't tell you when it's going to show up or when it's not. It just, it's like a gremlin. So Karen, what are, your, what are you looking for, forward to with the future for the show, for yourself? I know the show has given you a lot of purpose, and um, I'm excited about um, the people that you're going to be bringing on, the ones that you've listed that are now signed up with you. Um, talk, about, talk about how that's infused your life. Well, you know, I think 
with my work with you, Irene, with my time in in our sessions and you uh, graciously stepping up and saying, before I even ask the question, you seem to know the answer. You said, whatever the answer to, whatever the question you're going to ask me, the answer is yes. And I was going to ask you if you would help me write my book. You seemed to know exactly what to, what I, what I needed, what my soul was saying. So, um, to go back, this this show has been a gift. It's been a labor of love. I was thrilled to be on the network in 2008, and I, I just knew that I had a purpose and a, mes- a message. It's my vision. It's my mission. I'm a nurse who is not able to practice, and I honor all the healthcare providers. Oh, seriously, kudos. I've done that walk. Um, I had to love it and, and let it go, honor it. And now my mission is to stand up for, like I said, initially young young athletes in school who are struggling because they hit their head. There's a concussion protocol. They've got maybe noise, light, sensitivity, who knows. Um, they're in a classroom with fluorescent lights in an uncomfortable seat with a desk trying to make it through a class in a loud, noisy hallway. They ride off in, on a loud school bus, and they've got cell phones, and they go home, and they want to play their video games with their friends. And you don't know. They, they may become... Um, angry or disruptive and loud and they don't play well with others and, and they're often misunderstood or they're having difficulty making their their thoughts known and or, and or they can isolate. So the, that was my first real glimmer that I need to pay this forward. I really need to pay this forward to, to that group. And I'm so blessed to be back on this network to serve as a TBI survivor, and to connect with others around the globe and the world and empower them. I I look forward to speaking at groups and um, taking questions, and my book is coming. I look forward to the launch of that, and when I go to book events, I will donate the proceeds of my book to Traumatic Brain Injury and to Wounded Warriors, because there's so much to be done. I think one of the things that you can see going forward that we've talked about many times is that this show will be a forum for people who can share their experiences as relatives, as family members, as therapists, um, as providers, um, health providers. That's been a big world that's opened up for you, hasn't it? I know we don't have a whole lot of time left, but could you speak about what it's been like with the medical model and the medical world for you? Sure. So how I describe it, and, um, well, I might as well say so, the area of the book is um, pretty much shoots and ladders. That's what it feels like. It's um, You're fortunate if you have someone who... Uh, really understands the diagnosis because oftentimes it's overlooked or misunderstood or, you know, because there's no cure for, for what I have or for what many have who are like me. There's no cure. So what they do is they treat the symptoms. And the symptoms in and of themselves can be grueling and debilitating. And like I said, it changes daily. 
you know, they, they never really, for me, go away. I can only speak for myself. So the, the medical system is, is not, I honor the medical system. We live in a great country. I, I don't want to be negative about them. I'm grateful. But for me, with my injury, I can't take any medication. My body doesn't respond at all favorably. Um, if there's any side effect that's going to happen, my body then recognizes that rather than any benefit. So the route that I've gone by default, if you will, and it's funny, I, in working as a nurse, I uh, would often hand people a, a, a cup full of pills before breakfast. That was their breakfast. It's like, oh, here's your aperitif, you know, pretty little pills in a cup. So, and they would take them, right? So, and I got that. I'm grateful for for all of the advances that we do have. But where this all led me was more towards an Eastern medicine venue. That actually worked for me. Um, Acupuncture was the one modality where my body responded overall. It was able to really make a difference, and my Western practitioners really took note of that. That was eye-opening for them. So... I'm blessed to be able to shed some light, I suppose, and some real hard evidence as they watch me um, do this. So it it became a world of Eastern medicine for me that really has made the difference, although I still check in with my Western medicine traditional doctors. They they now honor that. How about play? What's the fun stuff that you're able to do now, and what have been some of the um, the blessings in this for you? I mean, I know that that's your spiritual belief, that there's a good in everything. That's what's got that shine in your eyes and the glow in all of us who know you and love you. Um, what have been some of the blessings in this? Okay, so in working with you, what, what I... What I say all the time is the gift is a shift, and that's sort of what's come to me. So it's used on this program, and it's true. There's been a shift. It was a dismantling. I I, I lost everything that the world equated to, to, that made Karen. It was all gone. It was dismantling, seriously, in in the event that um, happened to me. So... For me, right now, let's see, with the dismantling, like I said, I've learned that I really walk in gratitude every day, every day that my feet are on the ground. I serve to be a blessing to someone, and I've learned self-care equals self-love. As a nurse, I'm really good at taking care of everybody else, and oftentimes we leave ourselves so last, and I've learned through this journey that yeah, yeah, number one, self-care, self-love, and it's it's okay. It's good. And like I said, the gift is the shift. I'm clear on that. This is my gift. My gift is the ability that I am able to speak. The words sometimes may not come out easily. There's a little bit of a delay that does happen. I pray that that does completely heal. But I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I'm not in a in a wheelchair and nonverbal or, and or on a feeding device um, that I'm still able to be able to be mobile. So yeah, I'm 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 able to be in small groups now that I trust with people that I love, and I can wear my glasses and they know they have my earplugs and it's okay. Uh, I don't feel like I want to run out of the room. So 
it's okay. The, um, my sense of humor is gone, which is eye-opening. I, I remember that test in rehab. Um, very literal now. So it's amazing how you adapt. I now, well, might as well, it's out of the bag now, so I might as well just keep going. So I, my secret is I, um, well, I don't get jokes now at all. They, they've tested me, like I said, so I joke and say, oh, I'm a blonde, which I am, and that's funny. People get that. There's, there's like, I don't even have to explain what that. It's just funny. Oh, I'm blonde. I don't get it. Okay, next. So, and then with that, now I've adapted if I'm in a situation and I really don't get the joke because I'm literal because that area's gone. I watch other people's reactions and then I start to, I'll mimic. I'll just, oh, I'll smile and I'll nod because that's, that's good. If you don't, people, well, don't you get that? Then you, then you have to explain. So play for me is um, short periods, and I'm very blessed to have a lot of wonderful people around me that I trust and love who know the truth of me, and, and I'm just grateful for those moments. And I'm actually grateful for social media because I can stay connected to friends and family that way. And I, I, I watch my friends and family having fun, and they share with me that way because I'm not able to be present with the large groups. So I take every day as a new day, and I'm grateful for the moments when I can, you know, give a, give a good belly laugh. It does happen. I mean, once in a while I do have a good belly laugh with some girls. It does come up. So I'm grateful for that, Absolutely. Well, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Do you, um, are you able to talk to us about some of the people that you have booked for the show and what's going to be coming up? Sure. I'm, I'm really excited. I mean, people have just stepped up in great numbers. I, I have such great guests coming on. I, I, I just can't wait. I, I don't really want to let the cat out of the bag on that, but, oh, okay. but no, that's okay. There's, it's such a large, collection. It's like a, this living collage. I love it. This is band of people coming together, standing up in their integrity, heart and soul, despite an adversity, not always physical, mind you, doesn't or you know, whatever they've gone through. And they're stepping up because they they have something so powerful in their heart that they want to share. They feel this burning belly fire and I'm so excited. I'm just so, so honored and excited to have this platform to share. Karen, it has been an absolute honor to be here with you on your first show, and um, I thank you so much for letting me interview you and introduce you. Now I'm going to let you close up your first show. Well, the honor, the, the honor is mine, actually, Irene. I mean, we work together, and, you know, I came to you because of who you are, and you are my, she, I joke, Irene is my executive skill center of my brain because I lost that. And I can say that to her now because I love her. Irene Tompkinson, like I said, is a master social worker with uh, 30 years experience in dealing with trauma. She's a speaker and an author, and she's a very blessed soul. She's the author of her book, Is Not Like My Mother. And it's an awesome book. It's a great read, and it's available on Amazon. Free ebook available there for you as well, and I knew that would be awesome. And her website is Irene Tompkinson 
irenetomkinson.com. That's Irene, T-O-M-K-I-N-S-O-N.com. And I, I'm just so honored to share the platform with you tonight as I launch. And, you know, it's, you know, wax on, wax off, right? It's, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm learning from a master or to be seated here and be in the, in the presence is an honor. And I look forward to next week and everybody coming back next week because we're, we're, we're back on a, ven- on a um, vengeance. And please, please, please come back next week. Invite your friends. I'm so honored. I look forward to it. And remember, the gift is the shift. And really, make every day count because your life can change in a second. Mine did, and I'm here to say, the sky's the limit. Go for it, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for joining us for The Sky's the Limit. Karen Levitt looks forward to having you tune in for another program next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, the gift is the shift. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.